Welcome back. It is officially Black History Month Eve. That's right. We are not starting on Color People Time, people. And <laughs> with us, we have a very special guest. Please welcome Black and Fashion podcast host, Lanice. Hey, Lanice. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for being here. I wanted to really start this and say Jumbo or something you know, very black and inspirational. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to sound like Katie from Mean Girls. So yes. I'm just going to keep it <laughs> very brief. Before, before we get into, you know, where are you from and your background, I want to play a fun icebreaker game called Love It or Leave It. And okay. you can answer which one and why. So uh, this will be Black Trends Edition. Okay. Okay. Leave Outs. I love it. Love it. Me too. Bring it back. I never I never took it out. I always wear my leave out. So that's why I've <laughs> never done a like front, a closure or anything. So if you ever see me with the weave, it's because I have leave out. <laughs> like I like the natural look. <laughs> me too. And I and also yeah. I just I want to keep my edges. Facts. The, the next one, Telfar bags. Oh, <laughs> uh, I can leave it. Um, and reason being is that most of those bags are not 100% leather and I just like leather bags, you know, so I feel like the price point for a non-leather bag is kind of crazy, you know, mm -hmm. but I'm also, I make handbags, so that could just be me being biased. Oh, <laughs> we got a little competition here. Okay, okay. It ain't okay. no competition. He winning. He out here living in the streets. There's no competition, but when it comes to bag construction and bag making, I just have a certain eye for it and I don't... It's just I not think you could do a little bit better. It's not your yeah. thing. Yeah. I wouldn't buy it. I leave it. I wouldn't buy it. Leave it. Yeah. Okay. Fur sandals. Leave it. I was never into that. Me too, child. Uh, Lil... Yeah, never. <laughs> Lil Uzi Vert's <laughs> style. <laughs> uh, leave it. You don't like the pink diamond on the forehead? No, I mean, mm -hmm. but I'm also, I'm just a little bit more on the classic side, like when it comes to certain things, you know, so, but I mean, to each his own, uh, but yeah, definitely not too, too much for me. Okay. SZA's new album. I like SZA. Love it. Um, Raven Simone telling us that her last name is actually pronounced Simone Ye. Girl, bye. <laughs> <laughs> You why would you why would you wait thirty plus years to tell us that? Girl, exactly. you could have said that a long time ago. Girl, go on. <laughs> you will always be Raven Simone to us. Simone, right, for <laughs> sure. And then in your opinion, what is the worst or one of the worst fashion trends in the black community? The worst fashion trend? It doesn't have to be the worst. It can just cause you know, we've had our ups and downs. It can just be one of the worst fashion trends. Like, for me, it was when we were all dressing professional to go to the club. For me, it's going to be the double polo. Oh. The two colors. Like, you'd have on, like, yes. like and it was tight as hell, too. So, you have on two polos, and they're tight as fuck. So, I just think that everybody was hot as hell underneath their armpits because they got on these two, like, Aeropostale shirts that is already like this thick ass material. So yeah, I'm gonna go with yeah, the double polo trend. We've come the so Aeropostale double polo trend. That whole just even shopping there, we've we've come a long way. Yeah. And I wanna get into a little bit about your podcast. 
I started the Black in Fashion podcast because um, I wanted to. I always wanted to be a teacher. And I couldn't get any teacher job, teaching jobs. And I have a bachelor's in design. I have a master's in fashion management and merchandising. And I just found that it was very, very hard to get into the school system. I'm like, okay, well. Wait, really? Yeah. Isn't yeah, there a yeah. teacher shortage? Not, but, but specific for my field. Like, okay. I want to be a fashion teacher. So there's a shortage there, I think, for opportunities. for fa- And I, it's not like I can teach it on a high school level. So it has to be on a college level, too. So mm. I was applying to, like, FIT and Parsons and different schools. And I just wasn't really hearing anything back. Um, and I just really just wanted to teach. So I came across my pod, across my Instagram, like, do you have a podcast idea? And I've had this idea to, you know, teach and put information out there for a long time. I just wasn't doing it. So I was like, you know what, let me, let me start this podcast so I can at least just start teaching. So I started it about four years ago. And I love that because if you aren't finding these opportunities, create them yourself. Absolutely. We don't need to be knocking down, begging everybody, do it yourself. I love that. Yep, that's why I started. That's why I started my. That's why I started that business. I own four businesses. I own a, a non for profit called Black Girls Designer Club, and we give free mentorship and coaching to girls ages six to twenty two. So every place where I saw a void at in the black fashion industry is where I filled it. I needed a mentor growing up. I didn't have that. I needed some place to seek advice. I started the podcast. I needed some place where I can go and develop my skills and learn my skills, which is why I started LC Apparel Consulting. So, so every void I had. As a young black creative, I feel that by creating a business to go to coincide with it. And I think like sometimes we face these problems. Oh, I don't have this. I don't have this. And we get low and feel start a, a little bit sorry for ourselves. So I like that you came out of that and you were like, no, I'll just do it. You know, I, yeah. I see a problem, but I'll create a solution for it. Yeah. That's my, yeah, I'm not a complainer. You know, if I don't like something, I'm going to find a solution for it or try something. Like you said, create my own opportunities, create change, which is like one of my mottos, like educate and create. Because I do believe that um, as a people, we have a lot of things in us that we just don't know that we have, you know? So it's just like, why not? Nothing but a try. So if it didn't work, okay, I probably would have kept doing it anyway, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so or I was going to make it work eventually, you know. So might as well just trial and error for yourself. Exactly. Well, since you are a problem solver, you, maybe you can help us with this next problem. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you hear about Bethune-Cookman? No. The Wildcats are wildin'. So if you guys did not hear, Bethune-Cookman's football coach recently got fired. He basically went to the administration with complaints. The administration, he was like, this is terrible. That's terrible. And the administration was like, that's terrible that you think we care. And so he went on live and basically blasted the complaints on social media. And Mm -hmm. they didn't like that very much. You know, he had only been there about like a couple months. And Mm -hmm. so they got rid of him. But the football players, not only did they start protesting, but the students started protesting, like in front Mm -hmm. of the administration. We want him back. We feel like this was valid. And the whole thing got a lot of mixed reactions, not only Mm. on black Twitter, but (laughs) everywhere that I've read about this. Black Twitter, Lord. (laughs) So, yeah, because they will definitely tell you exactly what you want to hear and what you don't want to hear. And some of the things that he was complaining about were like, the players had to share helmets. There was mold in the locker room. There was mold in the dorms. He was he was saying this is something 
share what's valid. And then sometimes people don't want to listen to you until you're put on blast. So mm -hmm. he came at them the appropriate way the first time, you know, and their response is what led to that, that, um, that reaction. So that's cause and effect. So exactly. if you're putting something out to someone and you like trying to get in, like you're trying to get help or something and they pretty much say F you, then what are you going to do next? You're not just going to like curl up and put your tail in between your legs and not do anything about it, you're going to mm -hmm. put it on blast. Why? Because you can ultimately get more recognition, more people involved in what it is that you're trying to do and or Preach. you can get like funding and stuff like that. So it's nothing wrong with what he did. He tried the right way the first time and you didn't budge. So you can't get mad now. They were really defending him saying like, you know what? We love him, but he shouldn't have put it on social media because you can't really blast your job. Um, but at the same time, it's like, I, I, I don't know. Did you go to an HBCU? Mm -mm. Well, I went to an HBCU for an hour and a half. And <laughs> it was, let me tell you, it was an experienced child. And it's like this constant, but also at the same time, they are notoriously known for being underfunded. And yeah. yeah, that I do know. <laughs> yeah. And so it really isn't, it's a lose lose situation. Mm -hmm. But what I do know about HBCUs is also um, the aesthetic, like the style, very different than PWIs. So I went to two schools. So I'm originally from Chicago. Um, and I went to yeah Northern Illinois University for my first year of college, um, studying merchandise, apparel merchandising. Didn't really like the whole college field. It was a PWI, and they was up there shooting and shit. They had a whole massacre, and they oh. killed like, like fourteen people, like like fourteen, fifteen people on Valentine's Day. This was back in two thousand and eight. While you were there, while I was there, yeah. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry, this was two thousand and yeah, this was two thousand and eight. Yeah, February two thousand and eight on Valentine's Day. And I'm like, these white people is crazy. We can't so curse, we can't curse. Oh, sorry. I'm like, these white, I'm like, these people are crazy. So I decided to leave and I went to Columbia College. Now, Columbia College Chicago is a uh, private art school, and that's where I went and I studied fashion design there. And it was way safer. Ain't, ain't that crazy? Yeah. It's like a school in Chicago is safer than a, another school. Than a suburban the school. school. Yeah. And yeah, a suburban school. It was out in like the cornfield, you know. It wasn't, you know, it was definitely was not a the cornfield. It was in the cornfields of DeKalb, Illinois. Oh my god. And what 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 outfits did people wear to class? Back then is when that double polo trend <laughs> was going on, you know. I mean, I was in college. Yeah, that was 2008. We in 2023. So, um at the time urban brands were still kind of popular because people were still wearing like apple bottoms and like Darion. Oh. Um, definitely um, Air Maxes was a thing then, of course, Air Force Ones. But yeah, people were still wearing like um, the guys were still wearing like, I think they were still wearing Jabot. Were they still? Like, they were still the baggy yeah. jeans. Yeah, like, like they were still wearing like the baggy jeans. Extra large shirts. About, yeah, I'm trying to think about the clothes my boyfriend had. He definitely had like oh, true religion was definitely a big thing then. Um, yeah. Those like, that, when I think of a bad fashion trend, like we were spending so much money on true religion jeans, mm -hmm. and we th we thought it was like the flyest thing to have bedazzled mm -hmm. butts. Oh my gosh. Yes, yeah, and then I when I was entering. Um, college. I worked in Wet Seal, so I had just every like little that was everything. I had every graphic T-shirt and every little jean with a W on the booty. So, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. That was what I was wearing to class. We thought we <laughs> and were jogging so fly. Suits. And the Juicy Couture were like Juicy Couture jogging suits and stuff. You like, know, people are wearing them now again. Yeah. Because that because of, because, you know, the way the world has shaped us since COVID or whatever and all of this, like working from home and like a lot more freelancers and relaxed stuff. It's just like people want to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. And ideally, like those, no matter whose name is on it, whether Juicy Couture or not, a velvet jumpsuit is, is very comfortable. So they're becoming in, in velvet, they're in jerseys, they're in spandex, like they're using all type of different fabrications um, just so people are, you know, comfort. And the sweatsuit is like the new, like, I'm going to work. It is, and I'm kind of living for it a little bit. Yeah, but I like it. I love having comfort going to work. You know what I mean? But I own my own business, so I go into when I go to my studio, I wear whatever I want. But some days I dress up. So, <laughs> if clients are coming to the studio, then I'll dress up. And then speaking of dressing up, have you seen all the fashion trends on like TikTok? And there's this aesthetic. It, you know, back in my day, we used to just call it preppy, but now they're saying mm-hmm. it's like old money. That kind of like coastal grandma, yeah. East Coast money look. Yeah, because it's given like clueless. Like that's yeah. like the that's like the the look or whatever. I see it, and you know, I think I you know from time to time I'll 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 buy something that is like that. Cause I still have like flare skirts and like fitted skirts and the whole little like little blazers that match blazers. like the skirts and stuff like. So I think it's cute, uh, depending on the occasion. Like I totally would wear it to brunch. It's not really an everyday look for me, but you know, for me, when I think about trends and stuff like that, I just wear whatever I want. You know, however I'm feeling, like whatever mood I have that day, yes. that's how I'm pretty much dressing. So I don't think I follow any specific trends. Um, but they're they come and go. And like and that's like literally what I teach my students and stuff like that as far as the trend curve. Like if you wanna be a fast fashion designer, you got to be like this. Trendy is just to me a whole different part of the fashion business. Like it's harder because it's like as fast as it goes in, it comes right back out. And then you're mm-hmm. you're on to the next. Like even with this look when I first heard of it, I was like, I don't know. They look like waitresses on a boat. Like, I wasn't <laughs> really in. I just wasn't into Not it. Not on a boat. And I was like, they don't look like they own the boat. Like, they look like they, it's very cosplay, old money. And mm. I, I just, I was like, okay. Okay, TikTok, you know, I'll I'll get into it. But mm. I, I did, I do like some of it. Like, I like the blazers, like you said. I like the tennis skirts. But it's just cute though. It's I'm like, it's still it's a look, you know. It's a it's vibe, a look, it's yes. A yeah. And, and you can do a tennis skirt with like an oversized like sweatshirt, or you can do yes. like a tennis skirt, and you can put like you can do so much different things with it. You can turn it like into like a even less preppy, or just like even more like urban, like street fashion. Street, yes, yeah, completely. You can do that. And speaking of tennis, Naomi Osaka announced she's pregnant with Corday. Um, Black Twitter also shared their mixed opinions. What, what do you think? Um, I don't, you know, since I don't play tennis, <laughs> I don't really follow, you know, it's crazy. I do not keep up with like what be going on. I'm gonna be honest with you. And I respect what? it. Yeah, I, 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 don't, but I don't know. Like, I, 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 I if you like, if you even, I know the person's name you said, but if I saw a picture of that person, I wouldn't even know who that was. That's how unintuned I am. Oh, I yeah, know. I'm like, like, I really can't answer it because I don't know. I know. <laughs> I don't know these people. I know all this is, you know, I sound so biased, but like, if they're black, like, I know, like, all the black tennis females, I'm like, 
if they have a game, I'm like, yes, rooting for such and such. Even though I know good and well, people who know me, like, she don't care about tennis. She's just supporting her. Yeah, I know being to Serena because that's what I grew up on, you know? Yes. Like, but, yeah, yes. but like these, new, these newer people, like I don't know, like I don't know them. I don't follow their careers. I haven't followed their careers. Like I only really know like the people that I grew up on, you know? And yeah. I was forced to watch tennis when I was a child because my stepdad loved it. So I knew a lot about them, about being to Serena. But other than that, I couldn't even tell you any other tennis players. Well, this girl, she's good. She's good. And not even just like on the field, but you know, during the whole, like, Black Lives Matter, she was, like, mm-hmm. so vocal. Like, she had it on her mask. She was talking about it during her game. She was pissing a lot of white people off. And she... Yeah, as we should. Exactly. <laughs> so she was doing her thing. And then I was like, oh, who is this girl? So then, you know, like, once you hear a celebrity who's, like, so outspoken about things that matter in the black community, you kind of like, okay, I'm rooting for you. Yeah. You, you have yeah. my vote. You, you're not running you're right. for nothing, but <laughs> I, su- I support it. <laughs> but I, I like that you follow all of, like, the fashion things that are going on. I think, like, as far as social media, fashion has really jumped platforms. I mean, there was Polyvore. We had Lookbook. We had Tumblr, Pinterest, Instagram, mm-hmm. now TikTok. I, it's hard to pick one, but... Do you have any that you were like, oh, I was obsessed with this era or I love this platform? I was fashion. obsessed with Polyvore. I was definitely obsessed with Polyvore for a while. And um, what was the other thing? It was always Polyvore because you could put your little outfits together. But yes. right now, I feel like Polyvore has like transitioned to Canva because you could just pull different things and put them on Canva. So I feel like that Canva is even better now because you can just do so much more with it or whatever. But I would say Polyvore was one of the one of mine. And then Pinterest. Pinterest, Pinterest because you can you can kind of gather your ideas and put them all like in one place i love the aspect of that like when you're trying to create a collection you literally like i have a folder for like accessories and i have a folder for like handbags i have a folder for jackets and jumpsuits and details and stuff like that so i like the idea of being able to organize your thoughts i still use pinterest um and i still i don't use polyvore as much but i always tell my clients to use it it was like when it was at its peak it was everything. Mm-hmm. Do you have a least favorite? Um, ah, Tumblr. You didn't yeah. like Tumblr? I don't, I, I don't remember liking Tumblr that much. Like, I thought mm. it was cool because it was the first idea. Like, you were, like, creating, like, your own personal blog. But yeah. for me, I don't feel like it was ever... Or maybe I was using it wrong. I don't know. I could have been using it wrong. Because I didn't really ever feel like I got anything from it. Like, it just reminded me of just, like, a Instagram feed or, like, a Facebook feed. Like, it was nothing in particular about it that really stood out to me as far as is it being a, cre- a real creative platform. Now we've evolved. Now we have Instagram. But that one, I think Instagram, personally, is, like, my least favorite. Really? Yeah. See, I grew I grew my entire business on Instagram. Like my Instagram was popping long before I even had a website. So for oh. me, I love Instagram in that sense because that is the way that I was able to scale my business. Like in twenty twenty, like during a pandemic, like I got laid off technically before the pandemic started because just because of Trump and his fifteen percent tariffs, but oh. I got laid off at the top of the year, like the first week of January. And by the time I wanna say may rolled around may i had five employees and was about to move into a commercial space when i started the year by myself with no money and all i did was post on social media 
So for me, it grew tremendously when I was able to have employees, get a commercial space, like have the big clientele without even having a website, literally just use the power of Instagram. Okay. So that one, that one worked in your favor. Yeah. Instagram definitely, definitely worked in my favor for sure. And then do you, does your brand use TikTok? Mm-hmm. We use TikTok. So, so we have more how-to videos on TikTok like how to make certain items, how to do certain stitches, fitting and stuff like that. But we we have only been using TikTok, I would say, maybe for the last like three or four months, whereas like our Instagram is now like three or four years old. Okay. I think uh, for me, the only reason why I say Instagram is like my least favorite is because I think sometimes it can be a bit toxic. Uh, but it can be. It depends. That's why you have to filter out what you what you want to see. You to. That's why I only like on my business page. There's only other fashion businesses. There is no. I don't follow celebrities or anything like that. So like, I don't follow like any of that. I follow spiritual things like to feed my spirit in that way. I follow a lot of entrepreneurs, so it's like motivational. But um, I, it's only toxic if you're like still, you know looking and watching like exes or like old friends oh, or not the exes. like people you went to high school with and <laughs> hell yeah it's gonna be toxic because you're keeping up with shit with stuff that you shouldn't even be keeping up with that's not feeding you i think sometimes like you just it just pops you know um what is it called the explore page you know i don't some... look at that <laughs> oh my gosh what do you mean you don't look at it i look at everything on my phone I go, what is yes, this? I, I don't look at these four pages. Oh, no. I look, child. I peep. I see. Really? Yes, yes I look. I literally go to my feed because my feed is only going to show me people that I know, people that I follow. But, like, I can honestly say I never visit the Explore page ever. Oh, my gosh. That's, like, also, I love the Explore page because it'll show you people that are similar to you, the people that you follow. So, like, if I, I follow, like, certain fashion blogs, it'll show mm-hmm. me similarities to them. But then it also will show me like some random toxic thing that I'm like, what is this? And then I click it and I go, oh, child, child. And then you got then you got a block. I mean, that happens on my feed. I feel like that too. Like I'll see random toxic things that people have shared and stuff like that. And then I will decide whether I will continue to follow them or it's going to be like delete or mute. But and now Instagram, I don't like what they're doing with their feed. You know, before it was literally just people you're following. And now it's like random stuff that pops up. And I was like, who? Well, they pay us, you know, we yeah. pay for Instagram. So Instagram is going to, I mean, if you are similar to somebody who's, and you know how on the back end you can go and you can get, you can make an ad, you put in what you want. So you put the cities, yeah. you put the interest, you put the age range. So that's the only way for, you know, your target consumers to possibly see your ads is by them popping up. Like, you know, so people are paying like for that space. It shows me so many unnecessary things. Ads for food places. I don't got no business eating at, but I'm going to go because the food's good. Just, just right. unnecessary stuff. But I right. I cannot end this episode without getting into our fashion news segment of the week. So this previous week, it was Paris Fashion Couture Week. Did you see what was there? Yeah. It was interesting. Yeah. I keep up with the fashion. I keep up with the fashion. I do do that. <laughs> Uh, we can start off with Scaprelli. They had a unique collection, a lot of fake animals. What did you think? Yay, nay, in the middle. <laughs> I think that when it comes to designers and just, first of all, Paris fashion and European fashion is different. And what is being placed on the runway is more artistic than it is necessarily wearable. Of course, you'll get a celebrity here and there that 
will wear it. But ultimately, it's for that. It's for the art of design and construction and not necessarily for wearability a lot of times like especially considering with the price point of some of the items that like i said only a certain stature of person can wear and then once one person wears it you might only see maybe two to three other celebrities in it because they don't mm-hmm. want to be in the same outfits mm-hmm. but i don't think the collection was bad i think that you know their aesthetic was pushed around you know animals and then their love for animals and i just it, i don't think it was bad not necessarily something that i would personally wear but i think that it was good for who their consumer is you know Mm, she's giving us a safe answer, y'all. I, what do you want me to say? I, I, th- I, I can tell you some stuff. <laughs> you want me to tell you some stuff? It's ugly. Like it's ugly. If it's it was, ugly, but it, it reminded me. Have you ever seen Coming to America? Like King Jofi? Yeah, with the big ass lion. Yes, I, I was oh, like, I know. I was like, thing, this is my thing because of the business that I'm in. I try not to pass judgment because I am not the target consumer, and that's what it boils down to. Like. On a daily basis, I'm creating collections. This is what I do all day. So, like, looking at a Paris collection, and I'm creating collections all day for people. I have gotten to a space where I'm just like, if your target consumer is going to buy it, then go right ahead. But as far as, like, aesthetics or whatever, you're only going to like something that you're going to wear. Everything else you're not going to like. So, me, I can tell you, like, yeah, I wouldn't wear it. I wouldn't wear it, and I don't like it because I wouldn't. But there is a target consumer that does, if that makes sense. But I just think, like, as an art form, like, I'm gonna tell you my opinion. If if especially if it's fashion. I mean if it's just like a painting. If it's ugly, it's ugly, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> but okay. So that one was like a so so. Victor and Rolf. See, I like Victor Real Love. You liked the show? I didn't like the show. I like his aesthetic normally. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the movie uh know- Death Becomes Her? Yes. Like, I'm telling you, these, these, no, I I was just getting too many movie references. I was like, this is hilarious. But I, I love it. It was crazy because Death Becomes is probably one of my favorite movies of all time. No lie. No lie. It's probably one of my favorite movies of all time because I just love, I I love Goldie Hawn. And I don't know, Bruce Willis. I just like, I guess. I think I watched it so many times as a kid that when I watch it again as an adult, I'm like, I see why I love this movie so much. So I see why you like the runway show. Yeah, I'm like, because these women are hilarious. Like, (laughs) I just thought it, because to me it was comical. Like, that movie is funny. Like, and the things that I saw coming down the runway is funny. Like, it is. But this is my only piece from from Victor Roth. Now, they start hiring new designers and creative directors to come through the doors to kind of help them sometimes with the creativity. And sometimes it gets lost. Because if you go back a little bit, when Alexander uh, McQueen was the creative director for Gucci, it was terrible. But then when they fired him and they got Tom Ford, that's when they came back to life. Yeah. You know, so it's just like, it's not sometimes like the the brand they they want to do, be so different that they go too far off. Yes. And they allow the creative directors and stuff like that to go ahead and come in and take control. But then it doesn't align with what the brand aesthetic is. Like that brand foundation is like, okay, y'all went too too far off the deep end trying to be too creative. And that's what I see happens a lot. And they don't realize it, of course, until after the show. The- and then it's like, why did we let that go down the runway? Why did we push that out? And if you have not seen it, I I really if you don't if you don't even watch fashion, like go and look at this collection like this one. Everyone was talking about. Okay, last one on our list. Mugler. 
See, I just went to the Mugler exhibit at uh, the Brooklyn Museum, and I'm just like, right now, I'm just a fan. Like, I love the detailing. I love their use of velvet. I love their use of satin. It's like, I, I, I love their aesthetic. And then going to the museum exhibit and like reading a lot of that backstory and then different things they do there. I can say they are consistent in their message. I love, I, this fashion, this one was a plus. They are consistent. Like they are consistent in their message and their branding. They're consistent in their fabrications. They're consistent in everything that they do. So you almost like, you know what to expect from them. You expect to be wild, but you do expect to see a lot of that core. So I like everything Mugler had and you know, one day maybe I'll invest in it. You, as you should, because seriously, when I think of a really good fashion show, I think of like Alexander McQueen in the late 90s. Like, and that was the vibe I was getting. Like, the, usually sometimes fashion shows can be a bit boring. Yeah, but, especially but, if they're too long, they're boring. If it's yeah. only one model on a runway at a time, it's really boring. Like, it's, they got to go. Like, it, come on, hurry it, up. This one, it had, like, laughter. It had, like, connecting with the audience. It had, And this one, the celebrities it had, it had, like, Z-Way, Lisa Renner. And usually when celebrities are in fashion shows, it's really, like, a hit or miss. But <laughs> this this one was key. This one was key. Okay, we are running out of time, but... Before you head out, how can the listener support you? Uh, check out the Black and Fashion podcast. Um, it comes out every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Get caught up on our episodes. We are on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, you name it. Um, we're everywhere. Um, check out um, LC Apparel Consulting. So if you're interested in being a designer or learning the craft in any way, definitely come. I have um, going actually going on tour to teach designers how to make their clothing. The tour actually kicks off next week. We're starting in Houston. Then we'll hit Dallas, Atlanta, Charlotte. Um, we're going to Baltimore, Philly. So definitely check us out there. You can follow us at, at LC underscore Apparel Consulting. Um, and then, of course, at, at Black and Fashion Podcast. All of Thank you, Lanise. Thank you. That's what's out. That's what's in. See you next week on next week's trend. Follow me at Take It Off Show and I'll see you next Tuesday at 5 p.m.